0: Hello, and welcome back to the World War II Podcast. I think this is the fifth episode. Uh, Last episode, we talked about the sinking of the Bismarck. There was one inaccuracy. Uh, I was quoting the King George V battleship, which was actually the Prince of Wales. King George V was the battleship that joined with Rodney in the final fight for the Bismarck, and Prince of Wales was the battleship that was accommodating the Hood when she was sunk. Uh, Now... I did say we were going to move away from more of the ground-based and move a little towards air and naval now, that we have covered a lot of ground-based activity. Um, this episode, I want to look a little more at air and ground, or air and naval, and I do a little ground as well. Um, This episode, we're going to first launch with uh, Miss Donna May, which was a B-17 American strategic bomber that suffered the worst fate that we could think of. Uh, her fate was friendly fire. What happened was, they were on a bombing run. Uh, a bomber, another B-17, drifted above her as she was dropping her payload, and one bomb from the bomber above her struck Miss Donna May's elevator, snapped it off, and was the only bomber to ever be lost by a friendly bomber dropping a bomb onto another bomber. And none of her crew managed to get out as she was sent into a death spiral from the loss of her elevator. Miss Donna May was able to drop her payload, but did not return to base with any crew alive, nor did any crew was able to bail out. Um... Now, we're going to talk about both air and naval. Uh, the Japanese, towards the end of the war, wanted a weapon that could one-shot a U.S. carrier in one run. It was only successful once by the pilot of Sabiro. I don't know. I'm not that good at pronouncing Japanese names. Uh, the, the aircraft in question is the Oka. Or cherry blossom in Japanese it was equipped with a 2,600 pound warhead and was a jet kamikaze it featured three jet engines all in the back to reach tremendous speeds and then ram into a ship Saburo was the only pilot to ever hit a US ship and sink it with an Oka he managed to hit the uss the uss manner l which was a picket which was a gearing class destroyer acting as a radar picket outside the main fleet sabiro hit the destroyer midsection as a a6m20 had also just kamikazed into the Manor l beforehand immobilizing her and then Siburo rammed into the midsection of Manor El Abele with his Oka, detonating his 2,600-pound warhead, which split the ship in half instantly, cut all power and communications, and the ship sank within 10 minutes. Anyone below deck did not make it out. Anyone above deck did. Another Oka was in his attack and was going for another destroyer the USS the USS Jeffers however that Oka was hit by anti-aircraft and exploded prematurely before hitting the USS Jeffers Siberia was the only pilot to ever sink a US warship with an Oka Other Okas were were shot down while they were still being carried by the Betty bombers as Okas were to be moved into a Betty Bomber, and that was essentially the payload of the Betty Bomber. Instead of using bombs or torpedoes, they would carry another aircraft in, in their bomb bay, which then the pilot of the Oka would climb into the bomb bay, into their aircraft, before they would launch the Oka, and the Oka would go into their Karakaze attack run. Anything to add, because we have two other people here. Hmm. Or three.
1: Uh, what, what do you guys want to know about World War II? I asked a question a couple of times, a couple of podcasts ago. I don't know what you guys want to
2: know. Actually, I do want to know something. Yeah. It's about something that Alan showed me recently. It's called, it's about a U.S. warship. And I'm 99% sure it was in World War II, judging by the name. It's called the USS Gat. Do you know anything, Noah? Uh, you know anything I think about that. U- USS Gat is a gearing
0: class destroyer. Uh, Gearing Class was in World War II, but I b- don't believe USS Gat served in World War II. I believe she served in... It was in the time period, right? Yeah, yeah more... Yeah, like 40s. More of the Cold War, 1950s. Yeah. Uh, if she was in World War II's time frame, she didn't see any action.
2: What about you, Joseph? Got any questions? Oh, uh, so far, no. Sorry. All
0: right. Um... USS uh, Lexington was a CV, which means carrier. Um, She was scuttled during the Battle of the Coral Sea by our own destroyers. This was a conflict where only... which was the only one where aircraft were the only attackers. No ships ever saw each other or fired a shot at each other. It was only battled by using aircraft. USS Lexington was hit by... And attack run torpedoes bombs etc uh, she was immobilized and the crew were trying to put out the fires because her engine was hit before an explosion rocked the USS Lexington which did not sink her but crippled her even more and then the captain ordered to abandon ship the crew climbed down, cr- climbed down the nets into the water where they were then picked up by U.S. destroyers. Before then, she was scuttled by our own destroyers by torpedoing her and sinking her so that way she does not fall into the hands of the Japanese. Uh, Germany did not have any carriers. However, they had plans to make carriers. None were ever built, mainly due to the lack of steel that they had. Despite them making these amazing heavy tanks, the King Tiger, the Tiger I, and even two two Mouse super heavy tanks, which was an, which is amazing that they were even produced in such quantities of two. You'd think they'd make zero, but they made two. Um, they didn't make any carriers. They made battleships. They made two Bismarck class battleships. The Bismarck and the Tirpitz both were sunk the bismarck was sunk in the battle of uh Shri- something something straight i don't remember uh and the turpitz was sunk by lancaster's lancaster bombers around i don't remember what date i'm not good with dates but i know she was sunk the Tirpitz was sunk in a fjord i believe in norway she was attacked multiple, multiple times. She was even attacked by little mini-submarines with the crews of four that dropped big bombs underneath the ship, which didn't sink her. Before she was finally attacked by Lancasters at, like, the 20th time, and the British finally sunk her. She was, she was never really used as a battleship, more just used and just sitting around. She was even equipped with anti-aircraft armaments for her main guns. As she was not being planned to use to be used in any naval action, I believe that's because of the tragic fate the Bismarck met just the year prior, and then uh, they didn't want to risk Tirpitz, which was their last Bismarck class. They wanted to keep her just in case they needed her again, which did not end up working. Um, something else I wanted—I wanted to go back to the ground a little bit. Uh, The T-35 and T-26 Soviet heavy tanks. These are multi-turreted tanks. They have five turrets, which is a very, very odd design. Uh, I wanted to mainly focus on the drawbacks of this and how this can affect the gunnery, or any tank in particular that has more than one main gun, such as the Mouse, which has two guns, the 128, Which is their main, and the 75, which is their secondary. Um, This can have significant drawbacks. Uh, This very much so complicates the firing procedure as you have each gun fires at a different velocity. They fire different shells, different shells move at different speeds, each shell weighs differently. This can tremendously affect their ranging. The main gun needs to range at a certain range, and the secondary gun needs to range at a different, at a different range. And the commander, the commander, the gunner, they need to know this stuff. And this can complicate the firing process of remembering which one needs to fire at which angle and which trajectory. And remember which shell they're using, because they have two guns. This becomes even worse when you have five turrets, meaning you have five different guns. But on the T-35 you only have you only technically have three guns because two of the five turrets are machine gun turrets, which you don't really need to know the range to. But the others you do. Those three turrets can be well, let's just there's a lot of people in the T-35. I believe there's around ten or twelve people in a T-35. This is this not only does this make it very chaotic and hard to get commands to the crew this makes it very hard to um, convey what you need, like what range you need, where you need to shoot, where targets are. So theoretically, you could be shooting in five different directions. Most of the time, you'd be shooting in none because it's very hard to get commands to the crew through the chaos, and not only that, it's hard to convey which turret needs to do what, which turret needs to face where, which turret needs to fire at what angle, which turret needs to fire at what range it's very hard to do that anything else anyone else wants to add to this or ask any questions of any sort
2: no i don't have any
0: no i don't i don't have any
2: more questions for for this episode i do have a question right. how do you spell sheldon okay um so do you have any questions austin
0: actually do you have any questions uh no believe it or not no
1: really you don't have any
2: today no Alright, so, um... Sorry, I just you have this. to send a streak, hold on. Yeah, send my streak. Alright, so... Oh, for my last question... Oh, wait. You do not talk much about submarines, have you? No, I have not yet. Oh. You mean U-boats? U-boats, yeah. They were called U-boats back then? Uh, well, what that's, was that's the what the U- Germans ones U- are called. Exactly. U-boats.
0: Type, U-boats. Type IXs, type VIs. Because yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about submarines yet. In the in the podcast that I've listened to, of yours, sometimes I listen to them. Last episode we did stop talking about anti-submarine warfare, but I'm planning on doing submarine
1: stuff. Yes, ah, uh, mm-hmm.
0: just not yet. Not yet. We're we're getting to naval. We're kind of working on aircraft and naval right now. So aircraft. Hmm. What was? Oh. So, oh. Okay. <laughs> what were the fast ones? The fastest one is the. The fast, the fastest are the ME two six two and ME one six three.
2: Siri, how do I buy an ME two six two? Yeah, you're gonna be able to buy that really easily. You know, an interesting episode would probably be amphibious marine vehicles, because I'm pretty sure they had their own like. Well, f- now they have like a mix between tank and boat, but then I'm pretty sure they just had the boat like on D-Day. Um
0: believe it or not we do have tank boats yeah in two we have LVTs which are they are tanks that are amphibious they have a turret I believe they have a, a I think they have a I don't remember what their gun is but they have I believe six people inside you have driver machine gunner yeah six people driver machine driver machine gunner slash radio operator gunner commander and then two machine gunners in the back it's amphibious it is tracked and we did, I don't, I don't think we believe, I don't believe we used those really. We, we, we used those in, uh, Okinawa and landing on the Japanese islands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not use them on D-Day. On D-Day, our big ships were the LSTs, which means landing ship tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us just got blinded because ah, I turned not this light and it's very bright. And we're in a dark could, room. I couldn't see. Yeah, thank you. Um what these ships were meant to do was carry tanks and infantry to the shore after the initial landings, and we have captured a beachhead, because the Atlantic wall was equipped with big naval guns meant for hitting our ships, and believe it or not we only lost one ship in D-Day which was believed to be sunk by a submarine, but though we don't know, because there's no record of submarines being in the area but it's believed she was torpedoed of by some sort of ship or submarine, um, but the LSTs came in after the after the initial landings. They dropped off tanks to to strengthen our our uh, beachhead and get our and get gain some ground and hold that beachhead. Um, after that, they came in tanks, more tanks, half tracks, infantry, and of course we had P forty sevens and b24s and b26s uh supporting the landings Stop, is and bombing true. targets that need to be bombed and providing cash means close air support um let's talk a little bit differently we're gonna move away a little bit um you guys have like any RCs that relate to over two of any sort
1: um i actually have one all right so i don't know how to pronounce it but it's a battle um irujima yeah Irojima. yeah Alright, so do you have any other info Fun about fact Battle of Iwo Jima?
2: I have a fun fact. There was um, Medal of Honor recipient John Bar- Barcelone who recently, he was doing like office duty ever since Guadalcanal, which is where he got his um, Medal of Honor, but he recently went back into combat after being a drill sergeant and marrying a fellow drill sergeant nice. and he died. Mm. In, in battle? Yeah. Ah. I
0: actually did meet a World War II veteran like two weeks ago. I met him getting a flu shot, talked a little bit, talked about LST325, which is the last operational LST in the world, which is 100% operational. I visited her. Uh, He had two, and he apparently served on LSTs too, so it was very nice talking to him and meeting him. Um, uh, I have... Three RCs. Well, I have two right now. I'm going to be getting three RCs uh, for Christmas. I'm going to be getting a King Tiger RC, which is two hundred dollars. Uh, one sixteenth scale, real tracks. She does not have a real engine. I and then I also have a Me two six two, which was four hundred dollars, and I currently am working on flying that. And I have a P fifty one, which was eighty dollars.
1: Hmm. Nice.
0: Anything else you guys want to add? It can be pretty much anything at this point, because we're going to be closing up pretty soon.
1: All right, so let me get back to my thing of oh, the Battle of uh, Iwo Jima. Iwo, Iwo Jima. Uh, do you have any other info? Uh,
0: I would, Iwo Jima was pretty hard to capture. Uh, the Japanese had these tunnels underneath the ground. They used these to transport their troops. They used these to transport wounded, which they really didn't care about. Um, This made it extremely hard to gain ground and made it extremely hard to knock them out by shelling from Allied warships and bombings from Allied aircraft as they were underground. Mm. This made progress slow and very bloody for our troops, so we did manage to capture Iwo Jima in the long run, but with heavy casualties.
1: Yes, uh, and then like the famous capture photo of them putting up the flag. Yep, raising the
0: flag on top of the volcano.
1: Yeah, um, I am actually related to one of the people that actually were raising up the flag. I think it's the person in front, I think. One sec, let me look up the picture. But no, like um, on my mom's side, I'm actually related to, like... Yeah, I'm related to the one that's uh, placing down the flag into the, into the ground. Um, I think that's, like, my great-great-uncle or great-great-grandfather I forgot which one but yeah no, nah, he's a Native American and yeah and he helped raise up the flag That's actually a pretty cool fact that I learned uh,
0: another fact about raising the flag is uh, only a couple of the ones that did raise the flag actually survived because they went back down the volcano base to help with fighting on the opposite end of the island and only a couple of them did survive mm. but the US government also wanted that flag back home as propaganda so they took the exact flag that they raised back to the homeland. Then they took the tr- took the troops that were still alive that had raised the flag. They took them. They it was the biggest war bond raising event they had done. It raised the most, and so it was a very successful as propaganda.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. No, I did hear that they had to like redo the picture or whatever, or like had to do something to like I don't know recreate it or something. I don't know. That's all I heard. Anyone else want to add anything? No? I, I don't. I'm sorry. No, I don't think so. Well,
0: we're almost, we're, we are we're pretty much finished this episode. So we can finish off... Anyone want to add anything at all? It can be related to pretty much anything at all. My
2: at all. grandpa was a German. And my other grandpa was a Marine. That's fine, that funny.
0: Mm. I mean, despite... What they're fighting for, they all came from their homeland, so they think they're doing right because they're getting controlled by their propaganda, not our propaganda. They think they're fighting for what's right. And if your, your city, Berlin, is getting bombed by Allied bombers, you'd hate them too.
2: I find the most interesting. is the one country no one ever talks about, and that is Italy. Bro, Italy got messed up really bad. Um, they're not in history anymore, at least then. They did pretty bad in the war too. It's hard.
0: It's hard to get a lot of info on that because it's not talked about a lot. Yeah. But if you really want to look into it, you can. Like I, I know some of their tanks. but their tanks, like the M fifteen slash forty two, they're just. And I talked about this before. Their armor is of such low quality because they don't have they don't have the people. They don't have the supplies. They don't have the resources. They don't have the production. They don't have. They they didn't even have welding technology. So their tanks are way behind. There's Pretty much nothing they could do to stop a to stop the Shermans that we were running in and the Churchills the British had.
2: Yeah, they didn't really do much of that, mainly because in the nineteen thirties they were mainly invading like countries whose only defense was bows and arrows. So they didn't really have to put